My name's Tina Waldrum. I'm the host of this podcast. This show is all about giving you, the listener, actionable insights to share your faith. I interview church leaders and congregation members alike to gain some understanding that both you and I can implement to share Jesus. Every week I work hard to locate and interview someone who can share their experience. Can you do me a favour? Would you mind sharing today's episode with one or two people that you know? One or two people that would be encouraged, that would be helped by today's content. Just copy the link and send it on via text or email. I'd love to see more people encouraged to share their faith. Now let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism podcast. My name's Tina Waldrum and today I'm speaking with Ali Kopp about the fascinating title of No to Fashion and Yes to Jesus. Welcome to you, Ali. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Tina. Really appreciate it. What really just captivated me about your story, Ali, was that you have been involved in fashion for a very long time and then in your early 50s, the Holy Spirit has really arrested your heart and sent you in a, in a new direction, which is quite extraordinary. But first of all, tell me about your fashion background. Well, before we begin, I want to just say, even though the podcast is no to fashion and yes to Jesus, I want to say you might be able to get the girl out of fashion, but you can't get fashion out of the girl. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, fashion. I grew up in Suzanne. My mum was actually a tailoress, had a real eye for detail, and so I loved fashion. So Suzanne it was, and then I became Noni B's first area manager up in Sydney. I was an area manager for witchery and owned a few businesses myself, but a few fashion businesses over the years. But my most, the latest period of time, I was the national franchise manager of East Coast, wholesale manager for Blue Illusion, and my last role was exhibition director at a company called Fashion Expose Now. We ran trade events in Melbourne and Sydney. So that was what I was doing back in 2018. And I've got to say, what a stylish woman you are. What I want to know, which is I'm not sure with whether this is what um, the listeners today want to know, but did you have to dress a certain way all those years that you were involved in fashion? Whatever company you worked for, you were a corporate girl, you wore the clothes that the company presented. That was really important. So, so customers could see what the look looked like on all different shapes and sizes, all ages. That was important. That's my biggest dream, that someone would give me a wardrobe. <laughs> Usually it was discounts, discounts with companies, but once I was on national level, I did get free clothes. Amazing, amazing. So let's talk about this change. So what happened? I know a little bit of the story that you you took some class or something and you heard some things in there that really changed you. Tell me the story. Sure. Though Stepping one step back, though I'm a fourth generation salvo, and I want to say thank God for the salvos, um, we, our family crossed over and we joined a Pentecostal church back in um, 2007. So, and it was at this Pentecostal church, City Life in Melbourne, that we had the opportunity to attend Harvest Bible College. There was a course that was going on. At 52 years of age, I was asked as one of my assignments to write down 
what is your mission statement? At 52 years of age, what was my mission statement? So I wrote, my heart's desire is to love, encourage and inspire others in need to love God and find their own full potential through him. I didn't know what that meant. It was just a couple of years later, 2018, that I had the privilege to become a network pastor at City Life Church. So I loved my time at City Life. So that was a huge change. So it, friends, it just means it's not too late. Look at where God has placed you, no matter what your age. What is it that he would have for you to do? What community are you in? What are the needs? What's the burn that God's got in your heart? So when you put that mission statement together, Ali, were you thinking at the time when you wrote that down, oh, I'm unhappy with what I'm doing? Like what, what was going on in your mind at that point? I think it really cleared the decks for me to think, well, what's important to me? And it was actually about brokenness in people healing the brokenhearted, setting the captives free. I've always been relational. My Salvo background was just such a solid foundation to that. But, you know, just the commitment to help people come from darkness to light has just been key to find Christ, you know, souls for Christ, one by one, person by person, soul by soul. Everybody counts. You know, everybody counts in Jesus' eyes. Mm. Were you doing that when you were involved in fashion? Were you unbeknowings doing that work anyway? Absolutely. Um, whether I was on the shop floor in my younger years or whether it was area managing or national roles, the amount of people that we prayed with in fitting rooms, you know, we, we created the rapport with the clientele and the staff and the head office staff. And so um, prayer would come into it. We were employed to help um, women, well, men at the, in the East Coast days, but we were employed to help women look and feel good about themselves. But it was the matters of the heart. We certainly, you know, help bring restoration, bring healing, break chains, help people just get through what it is that has, has caused them grief. <laughs> so what's fascinating for me is that you you take this class, you come together and put together a mission statement. So is it at that point that you thought, okay, I've really got to be more specific with what I'm doing? Or was it an awareness that actually this is what I'm really loving life, this is what I want to be about? It, it was that call. It, I felt I wanted to be more intentional. It gave me the headspace to really evaluate my life, what I'd done in my 52 years and what was important to me. So it was at that time. I didn't think, oh, well, I want to be a pastor but I was open. I was then more in tune with what it was, was that God called me to do. And then two years later, a pastor's position became available. And so the I chose to apply. I felt so right about the role. Yeah. Okay. So that really clarifies it for me that you actually had a moment where you could take the time to work out exactly how God's made you, what he's asking of you on this planet and then to think about how you could be more intentional about that is that what you're saying yes absolutely it's so important because how many people are actually just going about life christians just going about life and 
just going about life with no really sense of you know is this what god should be doing is this the contrib is this the best contribution i can make what is god requiring of me surely there's a lot of people like that absolutely absolutely some people have new year's resolutions and plan what it is that they'd like to do but they don't step back and look at their whole life you know i'd actually love to share with you a little evangelism story so that the audience understands how important it is to be intentional. If the Holy Spirit prompts you to say something or do something, do. You don't know the changes to heaven and to people's futures could be. I just want to share a true story from just close to 100 years ago about a, um, a man in his late 20s, Fred in Warrigal. He was a, a son of a drunkard, his dad was a drunkard, and um, when he was drunk, there was domestic violence in the house. So Fred, um, he took to alcohol himself. He was in his late 20s. One Friday night, he heard music, and he was drawn to follow where that music was. It was a little Salvation Army band that... Um, that little Salvation Army church in Warrigal had an open air. And so Freddie, he was actually drunk at the time. He arrived at that open air. He listened to the gospel message and he chose to give his life to Jesus that day, that night. And funnily enough, a beautiful Welsh lady in her early 20s, Sarah, ministered to him, prayed with him and invited him to the Salvation Army. They had meetings after open air, so they all walked back to the church. That changed Fred's life. That's actually my grandparents, Fred and Sarah Dawson. That's my dad's parents. So, you know, that's impacted my world, and Fred deserved a second chance. That's the important thing. Everybody deserves a second chance. That's an incredible story, Ellie. That is an amazing story just to see the heritage of people in your past coming to faith and then you coming to faith, finding this new, I guess, this new season of going all in now with what God's calling you to do. Was it difficult to apply for that job? Because you said you came to this revelation that, okay, this is what the Lord wants me to do. Was it hard then to say no to the fashion and step into what God was showing you? For sure. I knew fashion with my eyes shut. I understood the dynamics. I understood the politics, um, but um, and I was good at my trade. But so it was it was frightening. I was 54 years of age. I, I'd never contemplated being a pastor. I couldn't see myself preaching or or doing anything. But I just had a heart for the for the people. But uh, so it was certainly daunting. But I thought I'm just a vessel. I'm here in all my brokenness. But God, please let me be your hands and feet. How can I be Jesus' hands and feet? And I thought, well, I'll apply. If it's not meant to be, God will close that door. There'll be something else. But I felt convicted to follow Holy Spirit's prompting. Mm. And I know today you're in, in Perth, Western Australia, working with an incredible collect with the Collective Hope community. Can I tell you all about it? You can. Great. I caught up with old family friends last October when I arrived, October 21, and Bev was speaking so highly about Collective Hope 
community services where where she worked and um, she it just really got me so intrigued so collective hope they're a faith-based organization funnily enough but they started with one church having a heart for people and and particularly the homeless to open up their first church a small little Pentecostal church to open up a home and fill it with homeless and then in 2016, to feel convicted, they still saw so much need out there to buy another house, to fill it with homeless, to then realise with mental health issues, you can't simply just place people in homes, that you needed a professional structure. So Collective Hope Disability Services was established in 2019, just three years ago. And psychologists, counsellors, um, educators, We've got all, all professionals to help with the structure. So today we have four um, small Pentecostal churches and our hope is to build a community that encourages others. We've got four locations where we have multiple houses for, for participants that need living arrangements through NDIS and um, a number of our participants attend one of our churches. So it's just beautiful. So you've really moved like a big way from the entire fashion industry where you loved people immensely to a new season of working with churches and, and communities. Yep, that's right. That's right. Um, when I heard um, when I heard from Bev about all the collective hope did, it intrigued me. I always had a heart. With City Life Church, we had a City Life Community Services. And so I was all, one foot was in that camp as well with their, with their counsellors and psychologists, helping anyone that was wanting spiritual, to walk spiritually with. So, so I was used to that. But, um, so I just had a real burn for that. So, and as, as it says in Matthew 25, 40, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the very least of my brothers or sisters, you did it for me. I actually volunteered for three months, October, November, December. I volunteered. I then joined the team in, in caseworking. I worked in some of the homes. I also worked with participants in their own homes that just needed support. So I started at ground level to build a um, solid foundation to really understand the system before before um, being invited just recently to to join the church as well. So, community engagement pastor is my title. <laughs> so, but I've got my feet in both camps, and I'm absolutely loving it. Souls for Christ. So, what is it that you can do in your backyard? It might seem small, but that makes a difference. Sarah came to Freddie and ministered to him. He gave his life to Jesus and I wouldn't be here today without that step. So I just thank God for the salvos too. It's an incredible story. What I'd like to know is the level of satisfaction or sense of accomplishment. So if we think back to the days that you spent in fashion with Noni B, with Blue Illusion and others. And I know there's a great sense of accomplishment in, in what we're doing, but you've gone into this new season. How do you describe those inner feelings of this whole new season now that you've really worked through? This is specifically what I'm all about and what God wants me to do now. Well, it's funny, Tina, because with God, nothing goes to waste. 
to think five years ago, uh, I was um, exhibition director helping 300 suppliers take stands for, for trade events, fashion suppliers take stands for trade events. Yet in a fortnight, Collective Hope are taking a stand at the Disability Connections Expo in Perth so that we can show the world what Collective Hope, all of our arms, from church to our, to our housing, to our supporting participants in their own home, to Recovery College. Recovery College um, have run courses, run free courses for anyone that would like to attend. Mm. Yeah, so one of the things that I can see in your life, as you're telling me and, um, you know, listening to everything that you're saying, there seems to be seasons that as women and men, but it's us two women chatting today, go through and it's like we have a, God has made us a particular way with gifts and talents and he's using those in all the seasons, um, but then potentially there is a time where God moves us onto a new season but it's not that everything else is void he's still using all of those experiences and things and bringing them into the new season absolutely 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 if you think back to your all of those years that you were in the fashion world I know now that you're in this whole whole new world where you're expressing your gifts and talents what other things have carried over from that fashion world the things that you learned and God showed you there are you seeing now in place as you reach out to people in the community I think um, just adding the fun um, to um, the church business, the church world. At City Life Church, we had the privilege of running a fundraiser for Ethiopia. We had a mini fashion parade. We had we had events. There was a silent auction, and we raised fourteen thousand dollars on that evening. So we promoted some of the Barbo's fashions, but it was just a wonderful night. It developed skills within people within the church. It was done beautifully and lovingly. The, the other thing I wouldn't have expected to have done a fashion parade for the in, our international nights so to have 30 different costumes people from the church you know 109 different nationalities but to have 30 different families grandparents parents children babies i carried a little carry baby from ethiopia in my arms i was actually wearing a carry costume from ethiopia because i've done mission work over there but so to have the privilege of them with pride wearing their their costumes having a little choreography practice before world impact so people understood about the tea tea walk and what to do and what to do how to go about um being on the stage but it it was fun but it was meaningful for them so it, it's there's so many instances where what I've done has been able to cross over into just loving people and helping people in a fun way find Christ. Amazing. I think, um, Ali, when you were living that world in the fashion world, you must have developed some very good people skills and communication skills that are helpful today. Yes, I think I think the training in the fashion world was has certainly um, been an important, a solid foundation. I have no regrets. I'm loving what I'm doing now. You know, my heart sings with what I do, but 
but without that solid foundation, that corporate background, that I've learned strategies, processes, um, to even set up programs to do it well, to do it well for Jesus. I'm mindful today, Ali, of people that are listening that may be feeling a little nudge, you know, from the Lord themselves about, oh, is it a new season for me? Where is where is God heading me that I can be even more at the forefront of mission and God's mission in the world and the community? What would you say to those people? They're probably in your space where you were, where you had that moment, oh, I've written a mission statement. What what would you say to people that are now wrestling this through? I said to my hairdresser only on Tuesday, there were two hairdressers who would be between appointments. And the younger hairdresser said, I'm 43. I rent a chair at, at the owner's um, hairdressing salon two days a week. I work in a local restaurant, which is good money, but I'm really reevaluating what is my future? Where should I be heading? What is it that I want to do? So I actually shared, they're both non-churchgoers. I don't know whether they've had any history of faith, but they know I'm a pastor. So for me to speak to her about, write your mission statement, think, just pray over what is your heart's desire? What is it that you would love to do? What's that burn that's in your soul to then to then move through? Uh, we've talked about church, but I think for anyone that feels like they're at a crossroads, um, pray on it, but then act Act on what Holy Spirit prompts you to. Have a chat. If you're involved in a church, go talk to your church about what the needs of the community are. See, it doesn't... Everyone's got special giftings. We're the body of Christ, whether we're whether we're believers or whether we're not. We're just looking into it. Um, we've all got a part to play on this earth to make the world a better place. You know, we've, so whether you whether you love cooking, whether you love sewing, there's so much need. You know, if you live in the Perth area, please look Collective Hope up. We'd, we'd love your help. <laughs> One of the um, one of the things that we launched a number of weeks ago was a Godnell Gosnells at Gosnells location food fun and fellowship night for our participants that live in Gosnells and Cudale homes and the boys love it food fun and fellowship so many of them they some are church some are non church they have fun for half an hour we put on a really good spread I'm there each week so it's run on a fortnightly on a Wednesday night they they enjoy a really hearty meal that's um, relevant for them and then after there's a message a simple gospel message that's shared and then each participant shares their thoughts. Some will share scriptures or experiences from a home, but it's just such a privilege. It's such a sacred space to be a part of. You know, I'm always looking for volunteers that can help me in the kitchen, you know, helping serve the meals. So whatever, no matter what you have to offer, there's a place for you to play a part. So I'd start with your local church. Um, if if you, or check with the other ones surrounding you, I think that's just a great start and say, hey, I want to be Jesus' hands and feet. This is what I love to do. Is there a need in this area? So just start having conversations. Be brave. If you're in a connect group or a live group, talk to them about what your burn is. So it's so important. So important. It's funny. Um, 
a year ago when COVID was really down, was just nuts in Melbourne. And we had we had a five kilometre rule. You could only drive within a five K radius. And um, so I had frustrated life group leaders that loved to feed 100 homeless in the city every month. And they were so frustrated, the police had said, you're not allowed to come, you can't even set up a stall. And so they were fr frustrated that they weren't using their skills. And so, um, but I'd also had a lot of calls from healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, people that worked in aged care, paramedics, asking for prayer, so anxious, so anxious. You know, one man, filthy headache, seeing a neurologist because he had a five-year-old daughter at home and an eight-year-old daughter. There was COVID in his um, his employment. And so he was so anxious he, that he was going to bring COVID into the family home and affect his children. So I saw such a need for the healthcare workers, and I saw such frustration with the with the life group leaders that wanted to um, feed the homeless. So we put the two together, and 23 healthcare workers representing 51 family members, all around the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. We defined what their food food intolerances, health needs, vegetarian, no nuts. We found out what their health preferences were. But our two life groups and each of our coaches, I suggested two meals a fortnight. I suggested two meals a fortnight. Wouldn't it be great to feed our healthcare workers and families? But the life group came back um, the next day and said, no, we've decided we want to commit to three meals a week. So three meals a week over an eight-week period, 1,500 meals, and we had a chain gang. I did from, I picked up from one coach in Scoresby and I delivered to the Roville area and then dropped off to Dandenong North, one of my life group leaders who then did Keysborough Noble Park and, and Dandenong North. So we had a bit of a chain gang all around Victoria. So even if you're certain, and do you know what, that was such, it was such a blessing for the healthcare workers, but it helped us to keep going, carry on, make a difference during such extreme circumstances. We were able to make a difference for our healthcare workers. So think outside the box, friends. What is the need? You mean, man, I couldn't have done that by myself. I can't cook. My husband does all the cooking at home. <laughs> but just look at the tools that you've got in your toolkit. Who is around you? What's their burn? And how can you get activated? Yeah, it's such an inspirational story because it would be so easy in life Ali, let's be honest, it would be easy to stay in the same career or do the same old, same old all of your life. But I think as Christians, we need to ask ourselves that question all the time. God, how am I made? How am I wired? Am I doing what you want me to do? And, and does that need to change in terms of how we're expressing the gifts and the talents that he's given us to reach the world around us? So I commend you for actually embracing that and stepping in to that season where you worked uh, for City Life but now also in Western Australia with Collective Hope Community Services. It's just extraordinary. What's the final couple of things that you'd like to say for people that are listening today? We don't know the day or the hour and so I encourage you friends no matter what your age take action, pray fervently Whatever the Holy Spirit puts on your heart, take action. Talk to your friends. Move forward. Do something about it. 
who are we bring who are we bringing along the way you know heaven is going to be an amazing celebration i can't wait you know a reunion with loved ones that have gone before us but there is just that sense of expectation make every moment count and i also look forward to hearing your future podcasts featuring people that have listened to this inspiring message <laughs> and have been encouraged to get activated and go out and make a difference for Jesus. Let's make this world a better place. Go shine for Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Ellie. So well, I'm going to I'm going to drop some links to maybe um, to some areas where you can go today and work out your own mission statement where you can click on some things and you can read up a little bit about that and explore a little bit more about what the Lord is doing in your own life and how he's moving you out. Um, to the community around you, to the mission field, so to speak. And I'll drop all the links as well to Collective Hope Community Services where Ali is today. So, Ali, thank you so much. And praying you continue to enjoy the wonderful sunshine of WA. Oh.